I thought Pastor was going to start singing with them when he <laughs> went to interrupt there. <laughs> Let me uh, get this so I can see the time. So I'm not going too long here. Um, but just in case, I'm going to preach from over here. And so, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to First uh, John chapter four. First John chapter four. First John chapter number four. It's somewhere here in the Bible. All right. <clears throat> I was thinking about it uh, when Pastor had mentioned about uh, starting the popcorn preaching. Uh, I remember the first time uh, Pastor had asked me, and of course, uh, my flesh, you know, first reaction is no, instantly. Uh, and so I remember the first time Pastor asked me, it was actually in the school, uh, he had asked uh, three of the older boys to preach. And I remember that was my first reaction was no. And I remember the Lord just started dealing with me, you know, you need to be willing to, you know, open the word, you know, study the Bible, um, you know, get a message and you have to be willing to share that. And so I remember, um, I remember uh, going back to pastor and I was like, yes, I'll, I'll have a message ready. And I remember I went up there and I had this whole thing planned out and in the midst of everything, I completely forgot what I was going to say and and uh, I was trying to connect things together, and it was not connecting very well. And and it lasted a whole minute and like 30 seconds. It was it was it was terrible. Um, but uh, there, here in First uh, John uh, chapter four, uh, we're going to be talking about love this evening. Okay, we're going to be talking about love. Uh, we're going to be talking about love this evening. Uh, but really quick, before I jump into uh, the message here, I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story. Okay. The story that I read, and I, I thought it was pretty funny, okay? But um, there's a story of these two, uh, these two men. They had just put up a flagpole, and so they have a flagpole, and they're up there. They're just staring at the flagpole, okay? They're just staring at the flagpole, and they're, you know, looking at each other. And they're like, you know, uh, how, how, how high or how, uh, how, what's the height of the pole, do you think? You know, what is the height of the pole? And so they start looking at each other, and, and so they're just there staring at the pole, trying to estimate the height of the pole. So as they're staring at the, at the flagpole, uh, here comes this blonde. Okay, this blonde comes walking by, and she stops by them, and she sees these two guys just staring up at the pole. And she's like, well, what are you guys doing? Why are you guys staring at the pole? And so she's like, she's like, why are you guys staring at the pole? And they're like, oh, we're trying to figure out the height of the pole. And she's like, well, that's simple. And so she reaches into her purse, and she pulls out pliers. Okay, she pulls out pliers. She pulls out the pin on the bottom. The pole falls down. And she reaches back into her purse, pulls out a measuring tape, takes out the measuring tape, measures the pole. And then she says, 25 feet, and just walks away. And so these men are staring at each other. They're like, typical blonde. We asked for the height, not the length. <laughs> So, so, but, 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 uh, so, uh, First John chapter four, uh, verse number eight. I, I just thought that was that was pretty funny. But First John chapter uh, eight, 
uh, I mean, chapter 4, verse 8, it says, <clears throat> He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Okay? And there's a lot of talk about love nowadays. There's, um, I, I believe love, the word love has been uh, changed. Uh, the whole meaning of the word love has been changed. Uh, a lot of people uh, had changed it in order to, um, into uh, what they want it to be. And a lot of times it's been changed through, um, uh, into a feeling. You know, um, you know, you got a lot of these Disney movies that go on. You know, they talk about love at first sight, and you know, oh, I feel like I'm in love. You know, this whole, this whole thing. And but the truth is, is that love is not a feeling. Okay, love is not a feeling. And when it says here that God is love, uh, the definition of love is it's it's a choice. It's not uh, a feeling. Okay, but true love involves commitment. True love involves commitment. And it involves loyalty. Okay? True love involves trust and respect. Uh, true love involves giving and surrendering of oneself. Uh, true love involves knowing and sharing one's heart. Okay? And so, uh, as we look at that, I'm going to look at three things that a follower of God loves. Okay? Three things that a follower of God loves. And the first thing I want to look at, uh, but before we get here, uh, let me pray really quick. Okay, let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, and let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for all you do for us, and I thank you for allowing me to have this opportunity to open up your word and and uh, to preach here, dear Lord. And I just pray that you would just be with me and uh, speak through me, dear Lord. And I just pray that you would just be with this message, and I just pray that you would help me to say what you want me to say. And I just pray, dear Lord, that... That you would speak to hearts here, the Lord, and I thank you for all you do. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for uh, just your love towards us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And so, the three things that a decide, uh, that a follower of God loves, okay. And the first thing that I I want to point out here is that they love the Lord. Okay, they love the Lord. Um, let's go ahead and turn to uh, Matthew chapter twenty-two. Matthew chapter twenty-two. Uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse number uh, 37. Matthew 22, verse 37. Matthew 22, 37. And it says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And so first things first is if we're a follower of God, we got to love the Lord, okay? we got to love the Lord. The Lord needs to be first in our life, okay? It says there that we ought to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, okay, with everything that we have within us, with all our desires, with every single thing. He ought to have every single part of us. We ought, he ought to have our heart, okay? We ought to love God with everything we have. Okay, and then it says there in the second part, <clears throat> it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, uh, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Okay, and so there's different ways, different things that we can do to love the Lord. Okay, there's different things we can do to Lord, uh, to love the Lord, and that is through our worship. Okay, through our worship. Uh, being here every single time that are open. 
Okay, if we love the Lord, we're going to want to be here in church. Okay, we're going to want to be here in God's house. Okay, this is the time where we come, where the man of God studies, and he shares with us what God had spoke to him about. You know, this is a way we can fellowship with God. Uh, We can worship God as we come here. And somebody who is a follower of God, they're going to love the Lord. They're going to be here in church. And so as we come through this new school, uh, this almost said school year, this new, <laughs> this new year, um, uh, what are your priorities? Okay, do you love the Lord? Okay, do you love the Lord? Because uh, I think about my own personal life. Uh, so many times I'm willing to make, you know, extra trips, you know, to, you know, pick up something or to go somewhere. Um, but we have to make the same sacrifice for church. Is church important to us? And, and, and if we love the Lord, church will be important to us, okay? And so another thing is our Bible reading, okay? Our Bible reading. Are, are we going to be in the Bible? Okay, we got to make the Bible, you know, was, we we're talking about FBI. Uh, one thing with the FBI is they have the homework. They have the homework spread out through, uh, through a whole week. So they have it spread out into seven uh, separate days. And, you know, just reading through the Bible, through that whole thing really helped me, you know, to establish just that time of reading the Bible. But we have to be in the Bible every single day, okay? Uh, think about it like this. This is God's love letter to us, okay? It's God's love letter to us. And if we truly love the Lord, we're going to want to hear from the Lord, okay? And this is how God speaks to us is through his word, okay? So we're going to love the, uh, love the word. Um, another thing is that uh, for those that love the Lord, uh, we're going to love the man of God. Okay, we're going to love the man of God. Um, God has given us a wonderful pastor. Um, uh, I always enjoy going to other churches, uh, but every single time I'm at other churches, I always think of our pastor. Okay, I always think of our pastor. Uh, one thing that I really... Uh, love about pastor is that he's real, okay, he's real, um, you know, I remember going, growing up uh, in school, and, you know, just watching pastor, and just seeing just how consistent he is, and, you know, God has given us a pastor here, and if we love God, we're going to love the man of God, okay, we're going to love the man of God, and understand that God has placed him here, okay, God has placed him here, so if we, if we don't uh, respect him. We're not respecting God because God is the one that placed him here. Okay, and so God is going to use him if we surrender ourselves to him. Okay, and so, uh, but secondly, I want to look at is that um, uh, the uh, follower of God is first is going to love the Lord, but secondly is going to love uh, the brethren. Okay, to love those that are saved. Okay, Um, you know, I I love coming to church. I love coming to church and and I love fellowshipping uh, with others. You know, I'm I'm one, uh, me and Janae, we used to always share a car coming to uh, church. um, But we have since have to bring separate cars because I always she always says, oh, yeah, you always like to talk to everybody. And so. Uh, but, you know, I just love being here in church, and I just love just talking, you know, just fellowshipping. 
And, and if, we, if we are a follower of God, we're going to love to fellowship yeah. with others. Okay, we're going to love fellowshipping with others, with other believers. Okay, and so I'm going to move on here really quickly. Uh, last one, okay, last one is we're going to love the lost. Okay, um, we're going to love the lost. So first, we'll love the Lord, love the brethren, those that are saved, but we're going to love the lost. Okay, the Bible tells us, the Bible gives us a commandment. Okay, to go throughout the whole world, okay, to preach the word, okay, to share the gospel with every lost one. Now, I want you guys to think about this. God loved you so much that he was willing to give his only son. Bible says in um, John 15, 13, says, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And in the next part, it says, ye are my friends. Okay? And Jesus is telling us that. He showed that greater love by giving his life for you. And it would be selfish of us not to tell others. Not to share that with others. And, and here's the thing is that we get so self-focused uh, we get so selfish, we get too focused upon ourselves. Um, I've been, um, I've been uh, teaching a speech class in, uh, for the school, and uh, that's been very eye-opening for me, uh, just going through the paces that they have there. And one of the things that they said is the most um, reason why people fear public speaking is because they're too focused upon themselves. They're too focused upon their self-image. And, and that, that's the main cause for us not wanting to share the gospel with others. Is we're too afraid of what others might think of us. And if we love the Lord, if we're a follower of God, we ought to love the lost. And so what that means is we got to put them in front of, instead of us. Okay, we got to put them first and put us last. Okay, and so that means we got to push ourselves aside, push our feelings aside, and love those. Realize that, you know, they can, be, they can be taken home. You know, they can lose their life tomorrow. They're not promised tomorrow. And we got to love the lost. And so as we go into this new year, we have to love the lost. We have to see those that are around us. And we got to realize that we don't know their heart. We don't know you know, whether they're saved or not. But what we can do is we can be a light to them. Yeah, we can be a light to them. We, we can share with them uh, the word, okay? And so um, the three things is love the Lord, love the brethren, and love the lost. Um, but I want to add one more. <laughs> add one more. Um, I touched on it a little bit here, but there's a God that loves you. Okay, there's a God that loves you. Um, you know, we read right here, God is love. In uh, 1 John chapter 4, God is love. God is the perfect example of love. He is willing to give up everything to come into this world where he knew he would be rejected, where he knew he would die. And not just any old death, but 
probably the worst death possible. To be crucified. That's where you get the word excruciating. Okay, you know, just think about just the pain that he went through. But he went through that because he knew that we needed him. He knew that we, that's the only way. And so, before we can love the Lord, we need to know the Lord. Okay, we need to know the Lord. And if you're here tonight, there's a God that loves you. And if you haven't accepted him, the Bible says tonight, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so I just want to close with that. Um, but let's go ahead and pray really quick. And then uh, you said Mike is next. Okay. But let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for this time. And I just pray to the Lord that you would just help us, the Lord, just to love you, uh, love those that are around us, the Lord, to love those, the brethren, the Lord, and just to love the lost. And I thank you again just for this time. And I just pray to the Lord, if there's anybody here who doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that you would just continue to work in their hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Step up here and grab the microphone here. And uh, our platform is hanging by a latch or just barely hanging here. So uh, we've got, uh, let's have all of you stand. Everybody stand up here. And um, all right, uh, now take your hand and go one, two, three, four. One, two, okay, you can be seated. And uh, that stretched everybody out. And uh, Michael, your turn. Well, as Brother Donnick said, which was a really nice message out there, the fact that we need to love the Lord is extremely important. But I'd, I'd just like to start off with a little quick story here. For there is this man who actually had a really nice life here. He made money, he had a nice family, and then he went out on a hill to pray to the Lord one day. And then he looked over and saw this majestic, most beautiful city to ever see by mankind. It had just about everything you'd want. Everything, pretty much. So then he walks over, and he sees, what, a majestic fence kind of like this one. So what does he do? He goes and sits on it. He sits on that fence and just looks over that beautiful city, seeing all the majestic lights at night, all the people walking around, having fun, doing awesome things. But pretty much, he just didn't want to go into the city, but he just liked looking over it. And then there's this nice man carrying a briefcase who walks past him and says, yeah, that's my city. And the man's like, oh, nice. That city is yours. He's like, yes, it is my own city. Would you like to come in sometime? He's like, and the man on the fence is like, well, I'll think about that later. So what he does, he's like, okay. And he walks in with his briefcase into the city. And then a few moments later, Jesus walks behind the man. And says, that was the devil who walked past you. That nice, handsome man in a nice tuxedo with a nice tie and a black briefcase, wearing nice dress shoes, that was the devil that just walked past you. And the man's like, no way. No way that can't, that can't be him. He doesn't look a thing like as they show in Hollywood. Apparently not. Because that's what the devil does. He doesn't come around as this, as this hideous beast. He, should, he portrays himself, basically, as a nice, handsome young man, woman, or basically just showing himself being beautiful. 
So then Jesus goes to the man on the fence and says, come with me. I have a better place for you than this majestic city. I have a better place for you. And the man's like, all right, I'll think about that. But right now, I just want to sit on this fence looking over this city. And then Jesus, who doesn't give them any more convincing, walks away. And then a few moments later, the same man with the briefcase, who didn't have the briefcase, he didn't look as handsome either. He had ragged clothes. He had like a hole in his shirt somewhere. His jeans were all ripped to shreds. He was walking barefoot. And then he walks over to the man and says, you, on my fence, you're mine. And the man fence is like, what are you talking about? This fence is completely far away from the city. I'm not in the city, but I'm not off of your fence. So this, and I haven't made my mind yet if I want to go into your city or follow Jesus. And the man said, no, you are mine. The fence is mine. And then just a few moments later, he was taken into hell with Satan and all those who were in that city. And the ground crumbled right at the edge of the fence and went straight to hell. But now you're going to go, well, the temptation of a very nice city of just about everything you want. You got nice chairs. You got high-tech microphones, even pianos. You got just about everything you'd want. You even have smartphones that can think instead of humans, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> you have just about everything you'd want. But that's what the devil likes to use. He likes to use earthly pleasures, which none of this we can take with us. It's only supposed to be here on this earth, and it's only going to stay here when we die. But if you turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 4, and I'm going to pray real quick, but just to get there, and we'll move on from there. But let's just pray. Father, we do thank you for another time of fellowship in your house, Lord, for just me, just to get the wisdom of this message toward these people, and for just the popcorn preaching, and for Brother Dominic's message, and just for all the messages tonight, Lord, to use just the honoring towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, that's a long time to have food and water, he was afterward and hungered. Mm. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the, temp of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou shalt thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high place mountain. Uh, what is what, An exceeding high mountain, where I get place from. And showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, 
Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and beheld, angels came and ministered unto him. So basically, enduring, he even used a majestic city, the city of Israel, to tempt Jesus. Now we all know that Jesus is perfect, and you cannot tempt him because he is God. But that's what the devil uses, not just for him, but he uses it for us. Now, how did Jesus combat that? He used scripture. In verse 4, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Ain't that what we should live on? We shouldn't be living on hotcakes or cupcakes or whatever. I don't know. What other cakes do you guys want to eat? Bread? <laughs> Anyways. And here's another thing. Satan also uses scripture. As we see in verse number 6. And he saith unto him, If thou be the son of God, trying to prove him, which he already knows he is, cast thyself down, for it is written, he uses scripture here, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, more than likely, that probably would have actually happened. If he jumped down, God would have sent his angels to save Jesus so he could be later crucified on the cross. But Jesus combats that script, that false scripture, actually not false, but what the devil uses to tempt you, he's going to combat that with more scripture. In verse 7, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Because you really can't tempt him. And if you want to try and say, I'm going to do what I want, and you, you have to make me do whatever I want. I'm doing this because that's what I want to. To stop me, you'll have to make me. Good luck. Good luck. That, that's not going to last long. And then in verse number 9, and the devil said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. So basically that majestic city that we heard from the story of the man who he got to sat on the fence, which was actually a part of the city. But basically, he's going to give you everything of this world, okay? He won't give you happiness. He won't give you peace. He won't give you love. He won't give you joy. He won't give you patience. But he'll give you a nice iPhone, He'll give you a nice microphone, a nice blazer, an excellently styled tie, interesting dress shoes, and possibly a briefcase. But what good are those when you go to heaven? What good are they? What good are they? All you, you will get all these excellent blessings if you just bow down and worship me. What can you do with them? Nothing. And in verse 10... Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, combats with scripture again, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God only, and him only shalt thou serve. Basically, why only him? Because you get love, you get joy, you get peace, you get patience, you get kindness, you get goodness, you get faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. You get all these excellent things that you can take into heaven with you if you accept Jesus. You won't get iPhones. You won't get blazers. You won't get shoes. You won't get even churches. But what you will get will be worthwhile. But what the devil wants to give you will just lead you into destruction. 
And the most important thing is, what life decision are you going to make? Are you going to follow God and go over here with just about everything you'd want and then some because you know the Lord God is with you? Or do you want to go over here and follow what the devil has using temptations and then eventually get nothing? Now, the obvious answer is here. But why do we all pick there? Because stuff like this catches the eye. And I'm so glad I did not fall through the stage right now. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Michael, thank you. What a, what a blessing. This has been good. Brother Karn, if you'll uh, get this to Brother Karn over here. And uh, so very good. Um, let me let you stand up again. Okay, you can stand up, stretch out. And... Um, so, but the car got to got to move it move it along. Do you need a stand down here? Do you need anything down here? You didn't tell me how many minutes. Okay. I got two hours. Uh, yeah, <laughs> two two hours, and we're all going home. Okay. Well, you're you're up here speaking, so um, you may be seated, and uh, but the car's going to have at us here. Do you have a stand for me, please? Yes. Yeah. Pastor, you have a stand for me? Yes, uh, Brother Dom is getting it. <laughs> you know, if I didn't love the brethren, I would get rid of him. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, the title of my message is, Do You Have a heart condition. And I'm going to open up with this on the heart condition. Today, Satan has attacked me almost in every point on my message today. And I'm sorry to say I gave in to Satan several different times. Ask my wife. Francine? Yeah, she says. <laughs> I've been having trouble with this. Why am I saying this to you? This message I'm going to preach, I am going to tell you right now, I'm not better than you. I am just like you. I get tested just like you. So when I preach these me this message, I'm letting you know I also have the need for the Word of God, the need to put the Word of God into action here. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that you use this message. And Lord, I please... Go beyond what Satan has trying to do today in my life and, and bless people. You know, at the, amen, at the end of, uh, uh, at the beginning of this year, what is your condition of your heart? I'm going to go over several scripture verses. Don't worry about looking them up. I'm going to go over them real quick, and then I'm going to explain them. So it'll take a long time for you to be looking for them. The first scripture verse, I'm going to be going over this Proverbs chapter 4. Verses 20 through 21. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thee, their eye, thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Notice it says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Many times, Christians do not spend day after day after day 
with the word of God in front of their eyes. And as this father's speaking to the son, everything I'm telling you, please keep before your eyes. And he's, what he's doing, he's teaching from God's word, his son. And we ought to keep before our eyes the word of God. If you do not spend time in God's word, it will be very hard to keep your heart with all diligence. You wonder why you fail from time to time? Because you're not keeping the word of God possibly before your eyes. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study the show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to study for our daily final exam. Did you know that each one of you have a daily final exam each day? What is that daily final exam? If we do not study, we will fail in our final exam in relationship to this lost world. Take that into consideration. Why are we so winning? Why are we witnessing? Why are we not passing our tracks? Maybe we didn't spend enough time in God's word that shows that we need to do this. Why have I not been able to get it, the word out to other people? Maybe it's because I haven't been in the God's word to give it to other people. This new year, God wants us to have a holy, set-apart heart, a holy, set-apart heart, a heart that is dedicated to the service and worship of God. In Romans 12, 1, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In 2023, God wants us to dedicate our heart without reserve unto him. Is your heart right now dedicated to God without reserve unto him? Or do you have something else you want to drag along with you? A lot of us have that we want something to drag along with us. We're not ready to set it aside and serve God completely. This new year is your, is your deep desire to please God. Deep desire to please God. That's why we're still alive. Why, you think, after you got saved, you didn't get sent to heaven right away? Why? Because he wants you to have a deep desire to show other people that are in the same state as you were that they can get out of that same state. And you're going to be a witness to them, a proof to them by your life, by what you say, that they can get out of that same state. God wants to use us daily. In 2023, God wants us to have a clean heart, a clean heart. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do you seek for God to have your inward filth purged from within your heart? Oh, that's terrible. I don't have any inward filth. Have you really looked at yourself? You mean you're absolutely perfect right now? Each one of you do a 
a serious survey of your inside your heart and see if it's really standing up for God at all times within and without. You're going to find out that, hey, I am full of sin. I have sin that needs to be taken care of. I have to have God cleanse me from that sin or it will destroy me. It will destroy my testimony. All sinful actions is thought upon before it happens. All sinful actions are thought upon before it happens. If you are saved, God's Holy Spirit will cause you to think before you act sinful. If you're saved, God's Holy Spirit knows what you're thinking and he will cause you to think of what the, the area you're trying to go to in sin and he wants you to think on it. And he does. It doesn't take but a, a few seconds to think, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. God's Holy Spirit is thorough and letting you know that direction is not the way you should go. And what happens? Ted Carr opens his mouth. He makes a fool of himself, which I have today. It is not Satan made me do it, and it's not I could not help myself. It is not backslidden. It is rebellion against God's Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, you will look through your New Testament, look at your strong concordance, and find the word backslidden for Christians. You will not find it one time in the Bible, backslidden, backslidden, backslidden. Why? Because we have God's Holy Spirit living within us. And we do what we do in sin, acting ugly. We're doing it in rebellion to God. We're in rebellion to God's Holy Spirit because he doesn't want us to. And we know we're acting that way because God's Holy Spirit, has, it's not I slipped, I made a mistake, I did. No, it is actual sin that I rebelled against God's Holy Spirit. This new year, God wants us to have a contented heart. Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Apostle Paul is a human being like any one of us. He had to learn. It did, just didn't happen overnight. He learned it. And we have to learn to be content. As a Christian, our com commitment, uh, excuse me, as a Christian, our contentment in life should not be based on our own sufficiency, but the sufficiency found in God. A Jew that wants to go to his place of worship on Saturday can get off work with hardly no problems. When a Christian is being interviewed for a job, he needs to let known that they will not work on Sunday so they can go worship God. Woo! What? Me tell my, the, uh, I'm interviewing for a new job. I need to tell him I'm not going to work on Sunday. Yeah, tell him you work six days a week. Tell him you work overtime. But on Sunday, I'm not going to work. I want to work on 
God's sufficiency, not my sufficiency. I will not work overtime on, on Sunday. I will not work on Sunday. I want to get God's sufficiency, not my own. If you are working for an organization that promotes ungodliness, then you are working off self-sufficiency, and God has not given you that job no matter how much you get paid. The casino is ungodly place to work. It has ungodly actions, ungodly aims. And you go to work there, you're working off of self-sufficiency and not God's sufficiency. If you get a job with the casino, I don't care what job it is, he did not give you that job. He did not give you that job. God is right in all his ways. Why should we be impatient, restless, discontented? In 2023, where is your heart in relationship to God? In 2023, where is your heart in relationship to God's local church? In 2023, where is your heart in relationship to other people in this lost world? Shall I pray? I ask you, Lord, to take this message I covered quite a bit and touch the heart of each and every individual somewhere, somehow, some of these things they need to take care of today, this first uh, Sunday of the new year, and get it corrected. Lord, thank you for forgiving me for my stupidity today. And Lord, I ask you to, to not allow my stupidity to get in the way of what is being preached and taught today, making them realize that I'm just like them and I have problems like they do, and, and I'm not above anybody. But Lord, we need to keep our eyes on you in everything. Uh, having a clean heart, a contented heart, a, 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 a holy a set apart heart. So Lord, help us to live that life in 2023. I say this in your precious son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. All right, uh, if Brother Charles, if you'll come. Brother Charles has got an illustration that he's going to give for us and a tremendous uh, blessing. I know it's going to be here for you. And Dominic, if you'll give me a hand here after you get that, and we're going to get this up here. And I appreciate uh, you guys moving this along. Uh, that's a blessing. It's been good to be here tonight, hasn't it? And uh, so I'm going to move this up here. And uh, let's see, turn your side just a little bit that way. And uh, yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Turn to uh, Ephesians 4 1, please. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Let's pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day, Lord. I just thank you for the privilege to serve you, Lord, and the honor to be here, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that you just uh, put your hand upon me tonight, Lord, and just give me the words to say, Lord. We love you and I sing you in Jesus' name. Let's read that again. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. 
what is our vocation? What is our job? What is our purpose in life? You know, what is our career? You know, what are we supposed to be doing? You know, um, I got a question to ask, and, and you know, don't raise your hand or nothing like this, but you know, a lot of us have jobs and we have this. How many people have, and don't raise your hand again, but how many people are, have done a job for somebody and yet not gotten paid for it? You know, you do a job and you don't get paid, and, and, then, and then you feel like, man, I should have never done that. Uh, you know, and, and we, you know, we all have our, our job, we have our businesses, and, uh, and yet we work, and we work so we can be able to pay our bills, and yet people don't pay us. You know, um, I, had a, I had a customer one time call me up, and he said, um, he said, uh, can you uh, move my mobile home? And I gave him a price, and he says, oh, you're a little expensive. He says, I have a friend of mine, he says, that, uh, that'll move up for nothing. And I said, really? And he says, yeah. I says, um, does he buy tires for his truck? And he says, well, yeah. I says, does he buy diesel? Well, yeah. I says, does he pay for insurance? And he says, well, yeah. And I says, but yet you want him to do the job for free. I says, how is it? I says, that he's your friend, but you ain't his. You know, when you, you expect that, you know, to come down and, 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 you know, so we have a job we are commanded to do, and yet we're not doing it. And yet we expect everything for us to get paid for everything we do. I want you to, uh, to uh, you know, God died for us. Jesus died, and he paid our sin debt. He paid a debt that we can never pay. And, uh, and yet he, he commanded us. What did he command us to do? Go out. Uh, turn to Matthew uh, 28, 19. And... Uh, says, go ye therefore, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That is a command. We are commanded to go out and we are commanded to tell everybody. We, we are his, uh, we're supposed to allow his light to shine through us, but we don't do that a lot. And, and, um, and I just, uh, one, one more, and this is James, um, James, James 4, 7. Oh, go to Ephesians 2.10, first of all. I sometimes don't understand my own writing. But, uh, For we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. We are supposed to be like Christ. We are supposed to do what, what, you know, what we're commanded to do. And the last one is, um, is James 4.17. James 4, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And so, so you know, here we are. Not, and, and, and here's here's an illustration I wanted to do. And this is our life before we get saved. You know, we are we are completely blasted. 
And yet, we come and we ask Christ into our hearts. And what does he do? He comes into our heart, and in God's eyes, we are white as snow. But he didn't take us to heaven that way. In his eyes, we're white. And we don't realize this. And, and so, you know, we, we, we don't serve him the way we should. We don't do what we're supposed to do. So what happens is this, when we're white as snow, his light is darkened by our flesh. But his light is uh, is darkened by our flesh, and so we can't. Uh, so his light doesn't. Uh, we we don't allow his light to, to shine through us. Now, what do we got to do to be able to 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 serve him? You know. We, we need to understand he saved us. He saved us for a reason. Yet we're living. We get saved. And we, and we continue. In, uh, and, we, and, and we go back and we walk out of, out of, you know, you get saved, you walk out. And, and you're still living with your envy, your hatred, your bitterness, your disrespect. You remember what your neighbors did. You remember what your customers did. You remember what this person did. And yet God's light can't shine through you. You know, what we need to do is we need to remember that we did all that to Christ. You know, what is, what, what is our hidden agenda? You know, we can, I remember I used to drink, you know, behind, you know, not in front of everybody, but hey, I'd go have my drink. You know, thank God that I, he delivered me from all that. You know, thank God he delivered me from that. Thank God that I, I turned from my wicked ways and, and was able to serve him. But yet our flesh does not allow God's light to shine through us because of our hidden agendas and our bitterness and our hatred and disrespect, you know, towards family, towards friends, towards everybody, you know. So what we need to do is, Benjamin, can I have the lights, please? So this is, this is what I tell people is all the time. What we need to do is we need to totally dedicate our life to Christ. Come over here to the altar. Ask for forgiveness. Start reading our Bible. We start reading our Bible, and if we do it, just, just you know, a couple, two, three times, and expect God likes it, it ain't going to work. God knows our heart. God knows our heart, and he's going to be able to, to tell if you're, you're really honest. You can't read your Bible a couple times. You can't pray a couple of times and then have his light. But when you, when you start shining and, uh, and letting his light shine through you guys, little at a time, little at a time, his light's going to start shining where people can see it. They ain't going to see it all at once. But, but that's what's going to happen is, you know, you got, you got to allow his light to shine through you. And, you know, once you start doing that and you prove yourself to God who you are, you have to prove yourself to him. Okay? He ain't going to just say, oh, I, I see you read your Bible a couple of times. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to bless you this way. You know, do we pay our tithes? Do we, do we give the missions? Do we do this? Do we do that? We, we have all this hidden agenda. We have our flesh. And our, his light cannot shine through us. And as long as his light can't shine through us, we're still going to live in the flesh. But one day when you decide to give everything up and turn to him, his light's going to shine through you. And all this is going to be hid. So with that, go ahead and turn the lights on, Benjamin. So with that... You know, what uh, I, I 
have a couple of, uh, of uh, quotes here from uh, Charles Spurgeon. And it says, first of all, the child of God works not for life, but from life. He, not, he, he does not work to be saved, but he works because he is saved. Another one he said is, we are not responsible to God for the souls that are saved, but we are responsible for the gospel that is preached. And John R. Rice said, those who do not win souls are disobedient in the main command of Jesus Christ, and that is not a small matter. You know, you, you hear, um, you hear, yeah, uh, and I, I didn't even pull that up, but uh, when Jesus so, told uh, the steward, you know, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many of you would like to stand before God and have him say, thou good and faithful servant? Raise your hand. Everybody would. So if you'd like to do that, then get out and do what you're commanded to do, is win souls. Pray for each and every family member here. Pray for each person. Pray for your brothers and sisters. You don't know what each one of us is going through. We all have trials. We all have uh, uh, things that happen to us, in, whether in the job or with, or with family or, or stuff like that. You, nobody knows. But pray for them. Pray for each family member. Lift them up. I was telling Pastor in, uh, in, in, in the old auditorium, I would sit in the back and probably about the same place that I sit now. And uh, Randy and Jerry Axtell would sit in the front row. And I started memorizing where people would sit. And when I'd go home and I'd get up in the morning to read my Bible, I would start in the front row and start praying for each family member in Raqqa. And now I do the same thing, although sometimes everybody changes. But I kind of try and keep that in, uh, in mind. And I try and, and memorize where people are sitting and pray for for them and for their families as you're going, you know, as you tell me, that's what we need to do. We need to lift each other up and pray for them. Winning souls is, is a lot of fun. And I don't know where, um, I don't know where, um, where God give me sometimes uh, uh, crazy ideas, but I'll, I'll just tell you one quick story. I was at Sam's Club, me and Barbara. And I th I'm thankful for my wife. And she has more patience with me because I'll sit there and she's sitting in the car and I'm sitting there talking to somebody who would not seen them for 20, 30 minutes and, you know, she just sits there and, and, and patiently waits for me, you know. But I was at Sam's Club one day and there was this guy in, in the produce, his name was Alfonso. And, uh, and I walked up and I said, hey, bro, I said, what's the most important thing in this life? And he says, uh, he says work and health. And I says, no, I says, where are you going to spend eternity? And I started talking to him, and I, and I told him, God created us in his image, I said. And he's a black guy, you know. And I said, look at me, bro. I said, look at me. You're looking in the mirror. I said, there ain't no difference between me and you. I ain't better than you, and you ain't better than me. And I said, but what we need to do, I said, is remember that Jesus died for both of us. And so I sat there, and I gave him a plan of salvation and everything, and I invited him to church. I said, go to Harvest Baptist Church. And, and we're sitting there, and I said, uh, I don't know what came to, what gave me this idea. And I looked at him and I said, hey, bro, I said, you got a hundred bucks to lend me? And he looked at me and he felt in his pocket and he, he says, no, he says, I got, I got 20 bucks. And I said, ah, 20 bucks won't work. I said, I need a hundred. And he says, uh, no, I don't have a hundred, but I loaned you 20. And I says, no, I says, it won't work. I said, but next time you can lend me a hundred. And he says, wait a minute, why do you need a hundred bucks? I says, because. I, I go to church in Espanola, and if you tell me you're going to meet me there, I says, I'll pay you your 100 bucks back at church. 
And he starts laughing. He says, you know what? That would have worked. I said, for 20 bucks, you might not show up. <laughs> and he says, you know what? He says, you got a point, you know. And so, you know, just to me, witnessing is just fun. I like to just joke and, and, and talk to people and just be able to, to lead them. But, you know, you go to the grocery store, to get, people are right there put it, pumping gas. You're pumping gas. You got, you got what, 10 minutes, and they're pumping gas. And I mean, ask them, where are you going to spend eternity? You know, I mean, the, the gas station, the grocery store, anywhere you go. But what is our job? What are we commanded to do? And if we're not doing our job, God already paid our sin debt. So if you do work for somebody and you don't get paid, well, then just think how it feels for God. He did a job. He gave his life for you. And he ain't getting paid. We have a, we have a debt to pay, and we ain't paying it. So if you want to hear that good and faithful servant, get out and do what you're commanded to do. Do what we're commanded to do. All of us. Thank you. A blessing tonight, hasn't it? Um, I want us to do this. I, I want us to stand, stand.